Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kevin Herter to get it in. Everyone standing at State Farm Arena. Herter looks. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds, one. Trey Slaughter. Rip his heart out, I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander, he's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston, I'm Jack Dempsey, there's no one like me. I'm from their claw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious. I want your heart, I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. You are now listening to the Hawks Beat Podcast with your host. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawksby Podcast, episode number 36 of season 7. I'm your man, E-Dub, ready to get the second half of the season kicked off (laughs) Uh, of course the all-star game was yesterday uh with team lebron getting the w but um we're ready for another another half of basketball uh for the atlanta hawks if this is your first time coming into the podcast welcome 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 uh we talk all atlanta hawks here man so uh grab a seat (laughs) and uh let's talk some atlanta hawks basketball so the layout of the show is going to be a little different today. Uh, of course, I'm not doing a you know a post game show, so um, we had to change the layout a little bit. But let me tell you what we have on tap today. Today is our mailbag, our mailbag episode. So if you didn't get a chance to um, submit your questions, make sure you uh, just hit us up on Twitter. You know we we'll all, we're always uh, engaging our followers. But uh, we're going to be answering some questions today that we got in our mailbag, um, a little bit of Hawks news, and I want to play a little bit of an interview from our guy, Chris Kirshner. Um, Chris is a good friend of the pod. I was going to ask him to come on to the podcast during the break, but um, I kind of want to just give him some time off, you know, let him kind of relax and, and, you know. Uh, he has a very tough and demanding job, so I didn't want to, you know, bother him. But I heard uh, an interview that he did uh, on nine two nine FM here in Atlanta, Georgia, and so I wanted to play that interview. I may, I may, I may just play the whole thing. It's like twelve minutes long. I may just play that after we go through the mailbag questions. Uh, he answers a lot of questions, a lot of free agency questions about John Collins. He answers questions about the Lloyd Pierce saga, the Trey Young, you know. All of that stuff is in there. So I may just play the whole interview uh, in its entirety after we go through the mailbag. But um, just a bit of news um, coming in 
uh, from the Atlanta Hawks. I just received an, uh, an email from the Hawks with a Cam Reddish injury update. Now, many of you guys know Cam has missed um, the last couple of games because of a sore Achilles. And uh, Hawks sent out a injury update. And it said this, said for Cam Reddish, has, who has missed the last six games due to right Achilles soreness, underwent a non-surgical procedure earlier today at Emory Sports Medicine Complex. He will be placed in a walking boot and will be reviewed in approximately one week and an update will be provided as appropriate. So now you guys know what I know. <laughs> so it didn't go into the specifics about what the procedure was, but um, we should get another update from the Hawks in about a week or so. And once we get that, we will shoot that out to you guys. So make sure you're following us on Twitter. Um, we are at Hawks Beat. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, all of our social media platforms, because a large part of what we do is on the social media front. So uh, make sure you're following us there. The other bit of news, and we're going to see a lot of this, and I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you this before it happens. The closer we get to the trade, the trade, <laughs> the trade deadline, the more we are going to see John Collins linked to specific teams. Um, a lot of it's going to be smoke. A lot of it's going to be incredible information. It's, you know, we'll know something until something happens, you know. But uh, the first little bit of smoke that I saw on the timeline was uh, Shams uh, Sharania from The Athletic reported that the Minnesota Timberwolves have their eye on one Mr. John Collins. Now, um, I didn't do any research into what exactly um, the Timberwolves have the offer. Um, I, don't, I didn't look at any of their picks. I think I think Golden State has their first round pick for this upcoming season. Uh, I think it's uh, protected, top three protected. But um, I don't know. I'll dig into that a little bit later. But I'm not going to chase every rumor that I hear. Um <clears throat> I'm just not going to do that. But <laughs> that is one of the teams that John Collins has been linked to. Of course, we've heard uh, of the Miami Heat and the Dallas Mavericks also interested in the services of one Mr. John Collins. So, um, of course, we will be following that story um, as well. So, um, yeah, so that's about it for Hawks News. Of, of just a very quiet um, All-Star weekend. Um no Hawks were really involved in anything outside of Dominique Wilkins, Spud Webb, and Josh Smith <laughs> judging the judging the slam dunk competition. But uh, we're going to take a quick little break. On the other side, we're going to get into your mailbag questions. You're listening to the Hawks Week Podcast, episode 36 of season 7. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's your man E-Dub, and I want to speak to all the Atlanta Braves fans. Once you finish listening to the Hawksbeat Podcast, I want you to check out the 715 Braves cast. That's right, the 715 is a new podcast that will cover everything about the Atlanta Braves. So, if you're true to Atlanta, if you love your Braves as much as you love your Hawks, check out the 715 Braves cast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Episode 36, Season 7, Ishman E-Dub. 
Um, back again, about to kick off the second season, second half of the season uh, of the Atlanta Hawks basketball. And I tell you what, man, all of you Braves fans out there, keep an eye out for the Braves seven for the seven fifteen Braves cast. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's going to be a new and up and coming. Uh, podcast all about the Atlanta Braves. Uh, it's going to be coming soon, so just keep an eye on that. 715 Braves podcast. So, um, Let's get into these questions, man. I appreciate everyone again that reached out and submitted questions. If we don't get to your question, don't take it personal. We tried to um, kind of streamline it as best we could, so <laughs> don't be mad at us. All right, first question. From DSG and ATL comes from Twitter. Uh, he said, who deserves more accountability for the win-loss record? Coach Pierce or Travis Schlink? Well, that's kind of a tough one because, you know, everybody has a hand in it, right? Travis brought the groceries, but if the groceries went bad and the cook can't use the groceries, then what good are the groceries, you know? But had 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 the had the guy who was shopping for the groceries known the groceries was gonna go bad, he never would have bought the groceries, right? So it's kind of a never ending cycle. For the sake of answering your question, I would say Coach Pierce has the more culpability because he is the head coach. It is his job to realize, look, I got uh, you bought me a dozen eggs, but only six of them are good. <laughs> and so I got to make do with these six eggs. And unfortunately, uh, he wasn't able to make do with the groceries that were given to him. So to answer your question, uh, I would put the onus more on Coach Pierce. But I'll tell you what, now that Coach Pierce is gone, the natives are going to start getting restless <laughs> for Mr. Schlink, which is unfortunate because I think Travis Schlink is a good GM. I think he's made some good moves. And if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know that I'm a big uh, Travis Schlink guy. So, yeah, thanks for the question, sir. All right. Next one comes from Instagram. That's right, guys. We got an Instagram page. Make sure y'all y'all swing by the Instagram page. We don't hit it as much as we used to. Because we're not at the actual games, and so it's not as sexy anymore, you know. But I do a lot of um, podcast promoting on Instagram, so uh, we're still over there. So if you're on the gram, go check us out at Hawks Beat. So this is Chris Dash Topher Dash D. So it uh, looks like Christopher D on Instagram. His question is: Once we have Hunter and Bogey, once we have Hunter and Bogey back does that move kevin to the bench or bogey who's playing time takes the biggest hit when they return good question good question um it's a good it's, it's a good problem to have having a healthy bogey and a healthy hunter back in the situation so i will answer it Assuming that both guys are are 100% healthy, because obviously coming back, you're going to have to work them into the lineup, which means they're probably going to be coming off the bench. Minutes will probably have a cap on it. So I imagine that both of these guys will probably either be uh, coming off the bench or fringe starters, meaning starters with uh, somewhat of a pitch count, you know, whose playing time takes the biggest hit. I would say Kevin Herter because of the three, um, he's the least. He's he's you know, 
<laughs> you, you, you give me DeAndre Hunter, uh, Bogdanovich, and Kevin Herter. Herter's going to be the odd man out every time. You know, not saying that he doesn't have value, but Bogey's a better player. Hunter's a better player. So when you look at it, Hunter and Bogey are the better players. So if if all things are the same and all things are, are, are healthy, all three of those guys, I imagine the minutes for Hunter and Bogey uh, will be more uh, for that. So, And I imagine Kevin will probably move to the bench once Bogey gets healthy. But I'm not the coach. I don't know what Nate thinks, but it could change, you know, because they started out the season, you know, with Bogey coming off the bench. So we'll see. We'll see. Um Thanks for the question, uh, Brother Chris. Next question comes from Reddit. So Reddit is is a platform, a very interesting platform that I'm still learning. So um, I got some questions from Reddit. Uh, this one is from administrative underscore brick on Reddit. He says, who do you think is the best full-time coach for the Hawks to hire now that LP is gone? He says, or... Who are your top candidates if you don't have one particular one that you think would be the best? Great question. So our guy, uh, Chris Kirshner, wrote a piece in Athletic about possible coaching candidates. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. For me to... It's hard to talk about the coaching candidates because I really don't know what the Hawks' position is moving forward as far as like what type of roster are they going to have um i know trey's going to be here i'm not sure about john i don't know if john's going to be part of that but to answer your question uh let me just throw out a couple names that um chris threw out but i'm gonna throw out the names that i agree with (laughs) he mentioned kenny atkinson the clippers assistant coach now kenny atkinson is of the bud but uh, the Budenholzer tree. So um, a lot of ball sharing, a lot of team, um, you know, team defense type stuff. Not sure that would be the greatest fit, to be completely honest with you. I know I said I was going to do I said I was going to uh, talk about the names I agree with. I think it's a good name, but I'm just not sure it would mix with what this talent has. I think he coaches a winning brand of basketball, but. I think a guy that you has to bring in, have to bring in, has to be a guy that uh, can coach point guards and that can, you know, facilitate a good relationship with their star player, which is Trey Young. The guy that I like is Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd uh, has had head coaching stints in Brooklyn, and uh, even though the <laughs> the one in Milwaukee ended kind of unceremoniously, but. I still think Kidd is kind of a guy who understands the game, right? So, you know, you got Jason Kidd out there. You got Alvin Gentry. Um, <clears throat> it, it's 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 a lot of guys out there who I think would be decent. That list is long, but um, I like the Alvin. I mean, I like the Alvin Gentry pick. I like Jason Kidd. You look at guys with no with no head coaching experience. I don't know if I would go that route. But there are some people out there with no head coaching experience that I think wouldn't necessarily be bad to give a shot. You know, if you want to go down the bud tree again, you can look at Darvin Ham. You know, you can look at um, Charles Lee, who was an assistant for uh, actually he's under the bud tree. So I hate that I'm giving you all these names under Coach Budenholzer because like we kind of already been there, done that. Uh, Sam Cassell. How about that? Sam Cassell is another name uh, that hasn't been under the uh the uh 
the the bud hold the Buddha holds a tree. You got a guy like Jerry Stackhouse out there. Um, I don't think Stackhouse would be a good mix because if Lloyd Pierce wasn't a good mix, damn sure Jerry Stackhouse ain't gonna be a good mix because he's just as old school as Lloyd. And I think that was what ultimately did Lloyd in. It's just his his older school uh, mentality and tactics didn't kind of mesh with uh, the new school. So those are kind of some names out there. And um, tell me what you think. You know, hit us up on uh, Twitter and uh, let us know what kind of coaches you think would be good for this team. So thanks for the question. Let's stay in Reddit. Uh, another question from Reddit, a uh, guy by the name of Foreign Hustle 123 He says, how do you feel about the way Trey Young foul hunts? Is it detrimental to our team? Hmm. I will say this. I'm not a fan of that style of play. Right? Get the guy up. You jump into him. You get the foul. Like, I I don't like that brand of basketball. I just simply don't. Like, there's a difference between drawing fouls and doing that. Not a fan of that. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just not a fan of it. Will it be detrimental to the team? I don't think so. Because, I mean, Trey got it from, you know, James. You know, James Harden does it. Steph Curry does it. All the guys know how to draw fouls. It's just part of the game. It's a part of the game I don't necessarily like. But, I mean, it is what it is. So, to answer your question, no, I do not like it. No, I don't think it will be detrimental to the team because... All the star players are doing it. And if you can get away with it, then, hey, I guess what's, goose for, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Um, another question from Jared Hoop off of Reddit. He says, oh, he comes with the stats. Okay, I see you, Jared. <laughs> he says, we are 6-6 six, six and six without Gallinari. We're 4-4 four and four without Reddish. 6-10 six and ten without Rondo. 4-9 without Snell. 10 and 15 without bogey, 5 and 11 without Hunter. Would you say our team runs through Tony Snell and DeAndre Hunter? Um, <laughs> I, I see that the team runs through Trey Young. That, that, that's first and foremost, man. He's your leading scorer, your leading passer. So uh, let's be unequivocally clear. This team runs through Trey Young. But I will say that DeAndre Hunter is a big part of this cog. And he's a big part of the call because of what he can do defensively, what he can do offensively. And he is just, I mean, he eats up that mid-range that nobody else does. And that's what you miss when you don't have a DeAndre Hunter. You miss a guy to take those mid-range shots, a guy who can knock down the three ball. Um, he is just, I mean, he, 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 this year he was just having such a great year. And uh, you really miss him. So the good part about this is, um, you see what you have in a guy like Tony Snell, you know, just a bona fide shooter, a bona fide scorer, and that's what you wanted. You know, you were hoping he could come in and anchor that second unit, but shoot, with all the injuries, you know, now you can't really take him out of starting lineup. So, I mean, this is a good problem to have because Tony's shooting the ball amazingly, and uh, hopefully you'll get Hunter back sooner than later, but I like what I've seen out of Hunter, and uh, hopefully he can continue his hot streak, so. Um, Thanks for the question. Thank you guys for the questions. On the other half, we're going to um, we're going to get into this Chris Kirshner uh, interview that he had with 929. And uh, I think I may just let that whole thing ride. 
I may chop it up. I don't know. Still deciding. But uh, <laughs> I'll take a little break. Be back on the other side. You're listening to the Hawksbeat Podcast, episode 36 of season 7. Hang out with me. We'll be right back. This segment is brought to us by Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Custom jewelry shipped quickly to your doorstep. Every piece will be uniquely yours. You can get the Tillman's Trinkets and Things from our website, thehawksbeat.com. Just click on their banner, Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Shout out to our guy, Jonathan. He's done great work. He's made pieces for my daughter, for my son, for myself. Check out the folks over at Tillman's Trinkets and Things. All right, folks, we are back. Hawksbeat Podcast, episode 36. Season 7 issue, man. We are back for the final segment. And I, I said earlier that I want to play some sound from Chris Kirshner. Um, he was on with 929FM uh, with our guys Dukes and Bell. And uh, he just dropped some good stuff, some good information. So um, I was going to cut it up a little bit, but it's only about 10 minutes long. So I just decided I'll go ahead and play the interview in its entirety. So he gives some good insight into Travis Schlink, some good insight into exactly what happened with Coach Pierce, his thoughts on Trey Young, and just uh, a lot of good gems here. So again, this video is from 929FM here in Atlanta, Georgia. Go ahead and take a listen. But you talk with Travis Schlink, and I'm curious to know, what was the most interesting thing that you got out of your conversation with him? Well, I think for one, um, you know, the trade deadline's in a couple of weeks, and the Hawks have an interesting trade target for many teams across the league, and that's John Collins. And anytime you have a player who is in the final year of his deal, had just, um, you know, before the start of the season, declined a $90 million extension. So he's looking at going into restricted free agency without a contract, without his situation settled. So I think what we'll see in the next few weeks as we get closer to the deadline is, you know, more teams inquiring about Collins' availability. Travis said yesterday that he still sees John as, you know, a a big part of the team moving forward. It's not really that surprising. He's not going to say, yeah, I mean, we want to trade John and, and, you know, anybody can have him right now for any price. He's not going to say that. So I think what's going to happen in these next few weeks, they will still receive uh, calls from teams across the league. You know, John's 23 years old last season in 41 games, averaged over 20 and 10, shot over 40% from three. His box score numbers are down this year, but I still think he's been incredible this year. And the advanced stats say he has been. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. So I think that was my biggest takeaway from talking with him yesterday. So he is happy though, right? Travis? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I should say John Collins. Talking about John, I mean, I should sorry say John Collins about where this is going with his negotiations. Because how angry was he that it didn't go down as it should have before the season began? I wouldn't say that the word I would use is angry. I think disappointed is is probably the better word I I would use. Um, I mean, look, he 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 felt that he was in max extension territory. I don't know if I necessarily agreed with that at the time, just because of the fact that, I mean, yeah, he had a great season last year, but he also did it in 41 games. Um, you, you know, he was suspended for 25 games last season. So, 
I, I can understand when you just look around the league and saw some of the other contracts that players were getting. I think what we'll see if he, you know, is still on the Hawks in a few weeks after the trade deadline and, and um, you know, free agency comes around. I think Collins is one of the best free agents available. I think he's going to um, get a contract that's over a hundred million dollars, and I think he'll be happy at that point. So he, I mean, from my understanding, he definitely would like to be with the Hawks long term. It's just the fact that you know the Hawks have to show him that they want him long term, and I don't know if that's been clear yet to him. Chris, take us behind the scenes of what you've learned this week about Lloyd Pierce and what ultimately got him fired. We all believe that it's, you know, the losing late, and certainly that played a role. But what else was at stake here once you kind of pull the curtain back and you see what was going on in the locker room and behind the scenes? Yeah, we, uh, me and, and two other um, colleagues at The Athletic put out a, a, a story the day after Lloyd was fired. Um, the only... I guess the only surprising thing about Lloyd getting fired when he did was just the timing of it. You know, they were in the middle of a road trip. Um, you know, they had just played the night before. They were getting ready for another game against Miami the following day. Lloyd coaches practice that day. Travis Schlenk said he had made up his mind that morning. Um, I think that was probably the messiest part of the situation is the fact that, you know, here Lloyd is coaching practice. Unbeknownst to him, he's not coaching the team the following day. But when you pull back the curtain and see what was going on behind the scenes, um, you know, Lloyd had lost the locker room to a significant degree. Um, you know, this, this didn't happen in the past few weeks. This has been an ongoing thing. Um, you know, over a year ago, I, I had reported that the relationship between Trey and Lloyd was not in a good spot. They had come to an understanding this past offseason when they met in California as a team to, to um, play some pickup basketball. And, you know, they had left California, Trey and Lloyd, in a good spot. They had an understanding that in order for the team to reach the playoff goals that they had set before the season, that they would have to see eye to eye. Once the losing started this year, and in some of the ways that the Hawks had lost these games, blowing 11 leads in the fourth quarter, um, you know, old tensions resurfaced, particularly with Trey. And Trey wasn't the only one who, who felt that a change was needed to have the individuals meet their full potential and the team meet their full potential. So, you know, the main reason why Lloyd... Um, was fired is just because of that. He didn't have the locker room anymore. There was no trust between the players in their head coach. So you, you have to make a change up at that point if, if they feel that you know with Lloyd as the head coach, they're not going to meet their full potential. Well, you know you have to make a change. It is Chris Kirshner, guys, from the, the Athletic. Fantastic job. Read the article twice. He joins us here on the com hotline. And that's the thing. I think we talked a little bit about it the other day. All the things, it was kind of pointing towards Trey, but it was the rank and file of the team. And I, we were, apparently Cam Reddish was one of the guys also not happy with the way he was being handled. Lloyd was seemingly going old school with this, and they didn't respond to it. Right, yeah, exactly. And, you know, nowadays, especially with the young team, a lot of these guys have won at every single level. They have gotten their way at every single level, especially on the AAU circuit. 
a lot of these guys that the Hawks have were, you know, massive recruits growing up and the main focus on their team. Um, you know, Cam coming up in, in high school, uh, you know, I believe he finished ranked higher than Zion Williamson. And Zion obviously was number one in his draft class. And, um, you know, for someone like him, he's been the guy his entire life. He got to Duke. He wasn't the guy. He had Zion and, and R.J. Barrett with him. He gets to the NBA, and obviously he's not the guy here because, you know, this is Trey Young's team. So he's been having difficulty figuring out, you know, his best role on the team. But for Lloyd, it's – I shouldn't even say just Lloyd. NBA coaches nowadays – a lot of what coaching is is managing those egos. It's not really about X's and O's and all that stuff. I mean, all all these head coaches know X's and O's and, and all that. It's how how do you manage the locker room? How do you get guys to buy into you? How do you get these guys to trust you? You know, you have a, a really young team, especially the, the past two years where they were going through a total rebuild, and the amount of losing gets to these guys it really breaks them down because they've been used to winning their entire lives and they get to the nba and it's like well I, we can't win and they start looking around and well they, they're gonna point fingers because they're in their young 20s and, and they don't think you know most of it is on them so who they're gonna point at it's gonna be the head coach at the end of the day so it's it's tough it's a tough job especially for a head coach to manage these these young guys who you know have come, who've come into the situation on on a team that was rebuilding wasn't really positioned to win and at the end of the day you know the trust breaks down over time and you know that's what uh, did Lloyd Pearson at the end of the day Chris let me ask you this the inconsistencies that we've seen with Trey is that a function of Trey or is that a function of Lloyd Pierce and what he wasn't doing I mean, Lloyd is not the one who's at the, on the court, you know, shooting the basketball for Trey or, or, you know, moving around the court for Trey. I mean, Trey has to figure these things out himself. I think um, over the past two-plus seasons, um, you know, again, I, I don't think Trey had the utmost confidence and trust in Lloyd to put him in the right positions. I can't. I, I'm not in Trey's head. I don't know if that gets to him during games or what. I mean, just from traveling around with this team over the past two years. Well, not not this year because of COVID. Um, I mean, it was clear that you know, in timeout situations and, and being in the locker room after games, some games where they would would lose close. Uh, I mean, you could see that Trey was frustrated with Lloyd and, and felt that um, you know a lot of the issues were on Lloyd. But from my perspective. Uh, you know, the inconsistencies that we've seen with Trey, especially shooting and, and um, the amount of turnovers he has, that, that's on him at the end of the day. And I think he has to realize that in order for this team to reach their full potential and, and win a championship one day, he's going to have to concede some power at some point. Maybe he'll understand that in a few years. I mean, he's 22 years old. Um, you know, he... he understands and has acknowledged that he does need to be a better leader. People close to him understand and acknowledge that he has to be a better leader for this team. He is the star player. He is the one they're building around. So, you know, the hope is that, you know, this gets to him and in the long term, he's going to be better off for it. So we'll see. We'll see long term of how he responds to this. 
It is a Chris Kirshner with us, guys, here on the WadeFord.com hotline, the uh, beat reporter for The Athletic, talking about the Hawks. Chris, we're at the break. Uh, and, by the way, two things, two questions. The no-nonsense assessment of DeAndre Hunter, when will he return, and when, what are they going to do with the trade deadline? Yeah, so um, at some point today, the Hawks are going to release an injury report on Hunter. He had a doctor's appointment this morning. And the point of the doctor's appointment was to assess if he needed a second PRP injection in his knee. If he does not need that injection, then his timeline accelerates about seven to 10 days. As as Travis Schlank said yesterday when speaking with him, Uh, if he does need that PRP injection, well, I I mean, like I just said, it's going to be an additional seven to 10 days. So he wouldn't be back until about late March or early April. But if he doesn't need that injection, I mean, he could possibly be back at some point um, in the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Hawks release in um, at some point later on today. Uh, he's obviously been a big part of this team when he was healthy. He um, grew tremendously from year one to year two, and, and they've been missing him pretty badly. Um, as far as the trade deadline goes, it's it's hard to say what they're going to do because of their the team's contract situations. You know they have these guys, these high priced veterans, um, and then you have a bunch of guys who are on their rookie contracts. It, it's hard to um, make moves. I, I think they would. Um, I, I think what we'll see and, and what we've seen over the past few years is they've been active at the trade deadline, and I don't expect it to be any different this year. They have a, a, an intriguing player in Tony Snell who's played well. He's on an expiring contract, he, um, $12 million. That can bring back something you know pretty nice, especially if you package John Collins with that. You can get up to $21 million in a Snell and Collins package. Um, so if, if there's a player out there who, who's intriguing to them, I think the Hawks will definitely listen. So, yeah, man, a lot of good stuff in that interview. Uh, again, Chris is, is our guy, man. He does a great job. A lot of stuff in there about Trey, about John, about Lloyd, and uh, accountability. And you know it is what it is. You know, we just got to move forward second half of the season. And hopefully Nate can get this thing going in the right direction. And uh, i tell you what, man. It, it, it's, let's not go into the second half of the season like we did the first half. And what I mean by that is this civil war that is going on between pro-Nate uh, <laughs> Hawks Nation and anti-Lloyd uh, Hawks Nation. It's so played out. It's so childish. And uh, it's just whack, man. So both camps, get over it. Uh, you're moving in a new direction and just push. Uh, you know, if the Hawks are your squad, that's your squad. You know what I'm saying? And just support your team. Support your team. Let's just rid of uh, rid yourself of all that negativity. Rid, just, rid yourself of all negativity. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, that is our time. We thank you for checking out the Hawksbeat podcast. Make sure... Keep an eye out for the 715 Braves cast that is coming soon uh, for all those who love the Atlanta Braves. And like we say, every podcast, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. So if you don't know him, you need to find him and show him love because that is all he is showing you. L-O-V-E love. We out. Peace. Free beats.io. Free beats.
how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.